This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake, through the 90s and 2000s Robin series, Red Robin, Young Justice, and Teen Titans. And from time to time, taking a look at the modern era of Tim Drake in the pages of DC Comics, while also talking about other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. (laughs) Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. I am your host, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 77. It's a solo show for this episode. Episode 77 wasn't necessarily going to be a solo show for me, but that's just kind of how it worked out. Um, Terrence and Ryan have both been uh, pretty busy as of lately, And I had a couple pieces that I had previously recorded for episode 76. So at the time that I am putting this together, uh, I'm wondering, am I going to do two back-to-back weeks uh, releasing podcasts, or is this going to be the first episode in the month of August? Right now, as I'm recording this, so if you're hearing this in July, then I've obviously decided to release it in July and hear my uh, phone go off right here. Um, and I just, I just posted, I'm doing a solo show. So somebody had liked, uh, that episode 76, uh, that was just last week, uh, from uh, the time I'm recording this, uh, was our kind of our summertime break. We didn't have any real books that we were going to be talking about. of just more of kind of some of the summer adventures of Robin Ryan. I guess you can kind of, uh, put it together that way. Uh, at the end of that episode, I think I even said in the beginning of that episode that I was going to get to listener feedback from the radio drama and the Tynan interview and kind of put all those together. So after Ryan and I did our piece, I thought, oh, I'll record a couple minutes and put that in there. And I recorded 44 minutes all on my own. So the episode that Ryan and I had done was already an hour. And I thought, man, I'm going to tack on another 40 minutes. So I thought, well, at a certain point, uh, when we kind of need an episode, I'll I'll put that out there. And there were some good comments and questions on there. And some of the questions I kind of probably went on a little longer than I needed to, which made it a longer show. So with San Diego Comic-Con being this week, I thought this might be kind of a good time that 
uh, I don't have to interrupt or disrupt uh, Ryan and Terrence's schedules. And my wife and I are getting ready to go on vacation uh, the start of uh, this week. Uh, her and I only have to work two days, and then we're going to be gone for you know a long weekend. And I thought this might be kind of good to get another summertime episode out there. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the little two pieces that we're putting together here. Uh, the bulk of this is going to be uh, the 100-page giant and your comments and questions from the radio drama. And I probably butcher a lot of names, so I profusely apologize. <laughs> I can never be a school teacher, and I think even uh, Terrence has said that he gets some names in class. He's like, yeah, I'm going to butcher this till the kids <laughs> correct me. So uh, before we get started, like we do on all the sh- on every show, you can get a hold of us through all the social media networks on Facebook at facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD podcast. Uh, we are on Instagram and again at email. You can email us. It'd be really cool to get a, some emails every now and then you can do so at Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. And the YouTube channel is kind of at a standstill at the moment. Um, some kind of loopy things are going on with YouTube and uh, we'd like to kind of get that back up and running, but Terrence is kind of handling that. So we're trying to see what we're going to do there. I've got some couple ideas from content to put on there. Um, I've had this idea of doing kind of like a live show, uh, something that we would record uh, that you would get as an actual episode maybe, or we just do a live special uh, on the YouTube channel. So that's some kind of things that we're kind of toying with. Uh, in the future. Like I said, Ryan and Terrence are not here. You can get a hold of Terrence and Ryan both on Twitter. Terrence is at O'Neill Ties and Ryan is at SMB underscore Ryan. You can follow his Asriel podcast. And then Terrence and I have a sister Batman and Robin Eternal podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Band R Eternal Pod. That's easy way to remember Batman and Robin Eternal podcast. So uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about here, your questions and comments and all that stuff is going to be at the end of this. And hopefully this won't be too long, but I know how I kind of blather here. (laughs) Uh, The Walmart 100 page giant. I'm going to kind of go through the book. This is going to kind of be a review of the basic original story that's in this book, but it's more for people that um, Ryan and I talked about having a hard time finding this. And I think Terrence did manage to come across the Batman title and maybe the Superman hundred page giant. But I believe at the time I'm recording this, that he was unable to find the teen Titans story of a teen Titans book. So, I mean, these are, these are cool for what they are. I bought them because, you know, Hey, Tim Drake's on the front cover and there's an original Tim Drake story in there, but there are some reprints in here. So if you've bought any rebirth books or (laughs) any books from, any time before, uh, some of the popular ones, like the intro to Hush, is in the Batman uh, book. And then there's a new Batman story there. I did not pick up the Superman and Justice League books uh, just just because that, that was a, another, you know, five bucks. Four ninety nine is what the price tag is on the book. So I thought, well, I could kind of save some money there since I'm only really interested in Robin and Batman anyway. But it's been funny to see. Funny is the wrong word. I'm perplexed at how how these are just disappearing off store shelves that people are buying like all of them all in one shot and they're buying the display case or the display cardboard 
you know, mailer, if you will, from the store shelves. And the display boxes clearly say, uh, come back next month for, you know, the, the next installment. So I've seen some Walmarts where people didn't buy the books. They took the cardboard display case and the books are kind of scattered all over the place. It's, I, I guess it's a good problem to have that people are getting them and they're going on eBay. I seriously saw one for $75. I think that's absolutely crazy. But Ryan and I kind of talked about it previously, but we didn't get a chance to actually talk about the story itself and or the content that's inside of the uh, Titans book. Some people are complaining like, oh, I'm not going to pick these things up. They really aren't for me. And And actually, if you're a comic book, if you go to your local comic book shop and you're buying comic books every month, every week, or whatever it is, they're not for you. And I'm probably rehashing something that Ryan and I talked about, but in case you didn't hear episode 76, shame on you, um, just a little more two cents on the subject. This is not initially geared towards me, somebody that buys comics every week. It's to get new people into the comic book stores and give them something cool to pick up. Now, being somebody that buys comic books every week, usually anytime DC puts out something like this, and especially if there's a Robin attached to it, I'm going to instantly gravitate towards that. So I think some people were, you know, just getting these and hopefully to sell them on eBay for somebody like a Ryan and a Terrence to go, crap, I can't find these things. Now I got to pay a scalper price for So I think it's kind of defeating the purpose, but in the three Walmarts that I've gone to, they're all completely sold out. And we just happened to be in Walmart on July 1st when these books were available and we were on vacation and we're walking by, you know, just going by the, the novelty items that are down the uh, cash register where you can find all the magic gathering cards and some of the, odd action figures that they don't have in the toy section. I saw this there and my wife's, we were kind of on the way out of the store and I saw them and my wife's like, we can get these at home. We don't have to get them right here today on vacation. We were trying to get back to our hotel and get in the pool and all that fun stuff. And I was like, we're right here. I've got the money on me. Let's just pick them up. She's like, what are you afraid? You're not going to be able to find them when you get home. And I jokingly said, well, yeah, what if I can't? So she, you know, does, she rolls her eyes and is like, okay, fine. So I I bought the two books and then we were getting groceries that following Monday, once we had got back home and our local Walmart and I walked down through and I'm like, they're gone. She's like, haha, that's funny. I'm like, no, seriously, they are. So in the span of like two days, just in my location that where we live, I can go to about four Walmarts and none of those four Walmarts have had any of the books since like, I'm assuming since the 4th of July, they've been gone. So they say they're supposed to be once a month. And I thought initially they said bi-monthly, but I think that's wrong. I'm kind of flipping through the uh, Titan story right now. And it says come back next month. So yeah, I think the, these are a monthly type of a book. So I'm not sure... Like this Titan story that's in here, I'm not sure if it's going to be one issue, two issues, three issues that's going to tell this whole story. If it's going to be over the course of a 12-month period, I'm not sure how long these 100-page giants are going to last. And now I'm kind of thinking, wow, once once you find out that these are coming out, you probably better jump on them right away. So I would imagine August 1st, I would assume, or I'm kind of looking at a calendar here. Probably August 4th 
if things kind of hold true to where way they were, I guess really Sunday, July 1st is when I found them. I think it was just a week that they had announced it. And then it's kind of seemed like a couple weeks later uh, that the books appeared uh, in stores. So I, I would assume August 5th or it could even be the 29th. Yeah. Of next week uh, they could possibly be in the store. So they'd be ready for August. I mean, who knows? It's, uh, DC hasn't put anything out of the next drop of these 100-page giants, and it's kind of typical of DC. With things like this, they make a huge big to-do about the whatever new avenue or new adventure they're going to do. And if it's something that continues, they quickly forget about it with like the the second wave. It was kind of like the Walmart comic book five-packs or three-packs that you could get midway through the new 52 they were all excited about, hey, we're going to sell comic books in Walmart and they're going to be, you know, packaged. You can get three books. And those had at least two or three waves of books go through. But DC stopped publicizing it after that first initial like, hey, we let you know that they're there. So I'm not sure how much publicity these type of things are going to get. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they treat these 100 page giants moving forward into the second volume or the second issues of these, if you will. This is one of those times in reviewing something. I know I could potentially be reviewing something that very few listeners have. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I might have scanned the original story that's in here. So if somebody says, Hey, I can't find this, but I would like to at least see what they are. Maybe email the show at Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. If you would like to see (laughs) those pages, I mean, I urge you to go out and pick them up and show DC. Hey, we kind of like this stuff, but there are not very many copies. When I found the display, like I said, we were on vacation. There were three copies of each of them. So, and the, the display looks really big, but it's all cardboard and they're kind of made to look like they're completely full when they're not actually. So there weren't that many copies there to begin with. So it's not like they had 10 copies of each. They have run out very quickly. So I'm not entirely sure how they plan on (laughs) servicing their, their customers and being excited about it when they're not putting enough quantities for people to check them out. So you know, somebody can grab all three Titans books and spend about 15 bucks. So, I mean, you kind of do the math They're They're barely breaking a hundred bucks for all of these books out of and taking the whole entire display. So again, uh, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to go for DC, uh, at least with this Walmart Avenue. And it'd be kind of cool to, to know that maybe they're going to compile all of these original stories in like a hardcover or, you know, a soft cover type of a trade that, Hey, if you kind of missed them, now you can go to your local Barnes and Noble or books a million or wherever you get your, uh, or your local comic book shops. If you missed these hundred page giants, maybe they'll reprint the original stories in some type of a trade. So 
Uh, we're just going to take a look at this. And again, I apologize if you don't have it. I'll try to do my best to describe to you. <laughs> I always think it's funny as you know, listening to so many podcasts in a very heavy visual medium as comic books. There's a lot of podcasts that try and do their very best job uh, audially to describe of what you're looking at visually. So there's four stories in this 100-page giant. It's the Teen Titans enter the Disruptor, and the Disruptor is the bad guy, the new bad guy for uh, this book, and well, for DC in total, so it'd be kind of cool if he became something. Uh, Teen Titans, and that is the 2000 Jeff Johns uh, Teen Titans, that's number one with, you know, Tim, Cass, Connor, Bart, that whole thing, Cyborg. Uh, there is a Super Sons uh, story in here, which I believe is Super Sons number one, if I remember correctly, and then Sideways is one of the new heroes uh, that DC has created that kind of looks like their version of Spider-Man. So I won't be necessarily talking about uh, those other three stories as they are reprints for this book. But in a case like I never bought the sideways book, this is kind of an opportunity that you can get a chance to take a look at it and go, Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of cool. That's different. Or that's not for me. Good thing. I didn't pick it up. But anyway, uh, the Teen Titans story that's in here. And the cool thing about this Titan story and all the books, they're putting different creators on the books that maybe have not got a chance to write these characters in a long time or maybe have never written them. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is going to be writing a Batman story for the Walmart 100-page giant. Now, he is not writing the current new Batman story that's in there. So I'm kind of thinking it's not going to be till issue three of these series because I think... In the Batman book, it's a continuation, much like the Titans, uh, Teen Titans story is. So that writer is going to have to finish up his story before Brian Michael Bendis can do his shot. So again, uh, I'm kind of curious to see how all this is going to work out. So uh, Enter the Disruptor, it's uh, written by Dan Jurgens, which I thought was really pretty cool uh, that he's writing a Teen Titans story. And Scott Eaton is the penciler. Wayne Faucher, see, I'm already butchering, is the inker. I love this name. Jimmy, uh, Jim Chamberlain Opolis is the colorist. Tom Manipati, uh, Manipaldi, I see, I'm butchering that totally, is the letters. Brittany Harzener is the editor. And Jamie S. Richner is the group editor. So what's really kind of cool about this is not entirely sure where this is taking place in the rebirth continuity. I know it's the rebirth continuity for two things, actually probably more four things. All of the costumes that the characters are wearing in this beast boy is in his rebirth costume. Raven is in her rebirth costume and Starfire is in her rebirth costume. Tim Drake, Robin. And I say that with one R, not a red Robin. Robin is in this with one single R and it is his rebirth costume. Now, due to continuity, his rebirth costume is also kind of his old costume from the 90s, just tweaked ever so slightly for rebirth. So in The Lonely Place of Living, when you see Tim don the Robin costume for the very, very first time, and they show that, you know, from the Chuck Dixon Robin series, 
of him putting that costume on for the very first very first time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, meet the new Robin. It's that suit, not the 90s suit. It's the Rebirth suit. So that's the kind of crazy part. So some people were saying, oh, maybe that's not Tim Drake. It's just a pseudo Robin. Well, on Twitter, Dan Jurgens has said, no, that is actually, in fact, Tim Drake. So this could be before all of the current Rebirth continuity, like this exists before he becomes Red Robin. And this takes place at a time where he still was Robin before Damien comes in and becomes Robin. So it's it, it's kind of cool. It doesn't really hinge on the story. It just made me more excited. Like, hey, I'm getting to read a Teen Titans book with Tim Drake as the lead in the book. And now the synopsis for the Walmart 100-page giant, The Disruptor. Swinging through the city streets, a big green gorilla, a.k.a. Gar Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy, swings into Titan's headquarters carrying a whole stack of pizzas. He's more than excited and more than hungry to eat these pizzas and bring them to his friends. He quickly realizes that he's alone in Titan's tower until Raven magically appears in front of him, screaming, Come, you are needed! Garfield says, I'm starving. Raven says, You are needed. The pair disappear from Titan's tower. Moments later, they find themselves on the city street while Robin and Starfire are rescuing people from in front of Star Labs, with the Disruptor below them screaming, You can't stop me. None of you can. Beast Boy and Raven laying in front of Robin and Starfire. Garfield asks who this mysterious orange-clad man is, and Robin says the goon is calling himself the Disruptor, and he wants something from Star Labs. The Disruptor says for everyone to back off, and this is their final warning. The elite force from Star Labs soldiers are in front of the Disruptor. They begin to point their guns at the Disruptor when he fires a blinding blast from his hands towards the soldiers. They cannot see. Beast Boy says there's no way they can handle you, Starfire, and she heads towards the Disruptor. But just like the Disruptor did to the guards, he does the same thing to Starfire, but manipulates her powers and disrupts them, and she begins to fall to the ground. Just before she hits the ground, Raven comes to her rescue and teleports them both to safety. In the confusion, the Disruptor has run into the building and raced to the top of Star Labs, and an angered Beast Boy enters the room as the gorilla and begins to punch and hit the Disruptor. But just like he did to the soldiers and Starfire, he disrupts Beast Boy's changing abilities and makes him revert back to Gar Logan, and Beast Boy hits the ground, unconscious. Disruptor turns his attention to the director of Star Labs and demands the vault be opened. At this moment, Raven is able to project herself towards the Disruptor, trying to bring the Disruptor to the ground. But like he has done with the soldiers and Beast Boy, the Disruptor is able to turn her psychic energy back against her and teleports Raven back to Starfire's location. At this time, the Disruptor believes he can get into the vault and pick the lock very easy when Robin enters the room and kicks the Disruptor to the ground. Disruptor says, you need something else to battle, Bat Boy, and turns his attentions to the director of Star Labs and persuades him to jump out of the building. Robin quickly grabs a hold of the director, stopping him from jumping to his death. In the distraction, the Disruptor has gotten into the vault and takes the amplifier that he has been looking for that's going to help power his disrupting abilities. What the Disruptor didn't realize is that the Beast Boy had changed his form into a mosquito and gone up his nasal cavity and disrupts the Disruptor. 
the disruptor is able to come too long enough to realize if I can't have the amplifier, no one can, and throws it through the plate glass window down to the street. The director says if that thing hits the ground, they will lose years of development. Robin Radio Starfire and Starfire comes to and catches the amplifier before it hits the ground. Back at Titan's Tower, the team discusses their battle with the disruptor, saying that he threw the amplifier out the window to allow himself the time to escape because all the focus was on the team trying to catch the amplifier before it hit the ground. Robin says it'd be good for them to keep the amplifier there at Titan's Tower for safekeeping until Star Labs needs it. They have better security at Titan's Tower. As they're walking through the hallways, Starfire, Robin, and Raven realize they still haven't eaten yet. And oh yeah, Garfield went out to go get pizza. They find Beast Boy in gorilla form, sucking down some grape soda and eating the remains of the pizza. Starfire, in a fit of rage from Beast Boy eating all the pizza, throws the amplifier at Garfield. Garfield says, I was hungry, really, really hungry, and you missed. But Garfield doesn't manage to catch the amplifier. It hits the table, and the case holding the amplifier opens up and hits the ground. They quickly realize the case is empty. The amplifier inside the case is gone. Robin says, now he's more powerful and deadly than ever. We messed up, Titans, and it's on us to get it back. At an undisclosed location at the Hive, the Disruptor stands in front of the Council of the Hive, and the leader pulls off his hood to reveal himself as the Star Labs Director and congratulates the Disruptor on bringing them the Amplifier. And the Disruptor says, Now with the Amplifier in our possession, the Titans are as good as dead. Next, the Disruptor joins the Hive, teaming up with the Fearsome Five. He is on one mission, to kill the Titans. Will the young heroes have what it takes to protect those in danger and save themselves? Come back next month to find out. If you can find the books at your local Walmart. So that is the original story uh, that was put in here. The one single story. And is about 13 pages. So almost the size of a comic book would, would be about 22 pages. Like I said, the other story that's in here is from Titans number one, written by uh, Jeff Johns and art by uh, Mike McCone, which I got to meet him at a convention a few years ago. And this is just the story that starts the Jeff Johns Teen Titans run. And then, like I said, uh, the third story in here is from uh, Super Sons number one. This is written by Peter Tomasi and art by George Jimenez. Beautiful beautiful art and the next story in this is sideways a high school junior Derek james was a normal kid or at least before the accident after falling through a rift of dark matter dimension he gained superpowers then everything changed now at as the superhero sideways he can portal across dimensions and he is loving every minute of it so that's the quick little synopsis in case you didn't know who uh, sideways was uh, this is something i have not read yet uh, it's done by kenneth rockefort and he has a partner uh, helping him do the story but his art is just fantastic um, rockefort was on red hood and the outlaws of a new 52 and was doing uh, the teen titans for a while in the new 52 as well uh dan uh <laughs> storytellers dan DeDio <laughs> and kenneth rockefort are uh doing the stories and Rockefort is doing the uh, letters and inks and uh, cover for sideways. So that is the hundred page uh, giant for uh, teen Titans. I'm really kind of, uh, I wanting to see how the uh, disruptor story plays out. It's kind of a basic story. There's nothing really earth shattering about it, but the big thing for me was it's a Tim Drake story. 
in the vacuum of not having any Tim Drake stories right now, I'm really gravitating to anything new that happens to have Tim Drake on it. So we'll get into the next little segment here, and these are the uh, three items that uh, Tim Drake is a part of uh, that was revealed at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. All right, San Diego Comic-Con 2018 is just about at a close. Um, I think just because of a time difference, it might technically still be going on right now a little bit, but all the major things are done. Uh, the Tim Drake things that came out of this and uh, a couple of them, one of them has me extremely, extremely excited. Actually two of them. Uh, the first thing that the first thing I was excited about, then kind of disappointed about, uh, there was a Batman family statue that was made uh, around 2000, 2004, 2002, something like that of the bat family that had uh, the one year later, Tim Drake uh, as a part of a Batman family statue that you buy uh, the Huntress and Nightwing and uh, part of that statue. And then you get the commissioner Gordon and Batwoman statue. And then you get the Robin and Catwoman statue. You put all of those statues together and then you can piece together Batman as part of this whole gigantic Batman family statue. And I'm currently looking at, the uh, two pieces that I have, I'm missing the Commissioner Gordon and Batwoman statue to complete that. So that's something that uh, I believe it's DC Collectibles is getting ready to do. And as part of the Batman family statue, you get what's kind of cool about this Batman family statue is you can buy them all individually, put them together and have this one nice statue, or you can have them as separate, kind of like the uh, Teen Titan statue that they're getting ready to do. Uh, so there's going to be Red Hood, Nightwing, Batgirl, Batman, and Robin. The Robin in it is Damien, and Tim Drake is not anywhere to be found in this Batman family statue. So the statue looks really cool, but it is something I was like, oh, man, they're kind of leaving Tim Drake off the table again. But there is another Batman family statue or a series of statues coming out. Uh, from Diamond Selects. Now, Diamond is the distributor of comics, the sole loan distributor. So if you hear people talking about Diamond in the comic book industry, they're the ones that ship your comic books everywhere in the world. Whether it's a discount comic book service, whether you buy comics at Barnes & Noble or GameStop, or you get them at your comic book shop, it's Diamond distributors that are... Um, distributing the comic books from all the comic books from Marvel, DC, IDW, a dark horse, whoever those are, it's diamond. That's the delivery service for that. They also have lines of action figures and statues and busts and things like that. So this is their diamond select line with, there's a series of Batman statues. Now, if you go to my post where I'm talking about this, and I believe I've put up a couple of these images already, so you can kind of Google search these or just go back through the Twitter feed. And I'm also going to put them on the Instagram account uh, once I'm done recording the section so you can go back to one of the most recent Instagram pictures and see all of these things that I'm talking about. So this Bat Family set of statues, I believe, are all individual pieces. There's a great Batman animated series, Diamond Select line right now that's out there. And there is a Dick Grayson Robin from the animated series with his bolas that he's swinging and they've got a really nice, cool animated uh, design where it looks like, you know, you see a whole bunch of those bolas going around and around. That's something I wanted to pick up and they're not too expensive. They're right around 40, 
and they're a little bit taller than a normal uh, action figure would be, and they come on a nice display base. So it's this is interesting. It looks like it's a hodgepodge of different variation of the Bat Family characters, all set into the 90s, with the exception of Batgirl that's in her Burnside outfit. So I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, but the Tim Drake Robin is from the 90s, and he has one of the coolest poses. He's on top of a building, and it looks like he's swinging his body around. So he's at a horizontal angle to the building, and uh, his cape's kind of flowing down towards the ground, and he's got his arms stretched out, and it is clearly the Chuck Dixon, uh, Norm Brayfogle, Tim Drake from the 90s, and it's such a cool-looking statue. Batman is also in his blue and gray and has his blue shorts on. Nightwing is straight out of the 90s with the long blue stripes going all the way down from his shoulders all the way down to his fingertips. And Batgirl is the Burnside Batgirl. So I'm kind of wondering why everything's all 90s themed with uh, three of these statues, with the exception, like I said, of Batgirl. Uh, one of the other things it was the premiere of the trailer for Young Justice. And Tim Drake Robin, wearing a hood in this, only appears very, very briefly, and he jumps down in front of Clayface. So I imagine most of you have seen what Tim Drake looks like. Kind of looks a little bit like Damien a little bit with the hood, but they have clearly said it is Tim Drake. He got an upgraded costume a little bit. It still harkens back to his Young Justice outfit. There isn't much known about Young Justice Season 3 currently at the moment, but it is going to be on the DC uh, streaming service. So I'm very excited that that's going to come out at launch with Titans. I'll get to Titans at, at another point. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it on the show, although I think I'm the only one that's still really excited about it. Again, another topic for another time. Uh, the last thing... And these are all physical products. Uh, even though there was an announcement of Hush, and I'm thinking, oh, that'd be so cool. The animated Hush cartoon series, or cartoon series, uh, animated movie is going to be coming out the summer of next year. I really hope Tim Drake's in it, but it's probably going to be in their continuity universe. So they're probably going to put Tim Drake, or they're probably put Damien in Tim Drake's place. But I'm like, they've introduced new people before they've introduced batwing they've introduced batwoman this would be a really good time to say damien's off doing something else and it's tim drake and just have him be red robin i i don't care i want tim drake in that spot i would even like it even better if it is out of their continuity and it's a standalone hush story and it is the way that we hope that it is so but that's not the thing i want to talk about the last thing is Mattel for their multiverse line. So over the last couple of years, Mattel has kind of not been producing as much. They've been trying to figure some things out in the last few years. They've really kind of ramped up their action figure line again after they'd almost let it die. And the action figures are getting better and better and better. And I've already posted this on Twitter before uh, this week, but they are going to make in probably the summer or it'll probably be released in the summer of 2019 is the James Tinian, Tim Drake, Red Robin. I am so, so stoked about it. Now, the only picture that they've shown right now is kind of like just their prototype picture. There's no color, no nothing, just their, their prototype figure, rather. So it's just all in grayscale. There haven't been any really like solid photos taken of it because I think there was no actual figure 
on display. It's just their mock. It's it's their picture of their prototype, but you can clearly see the two R's on the suit. So I'm really excited about that figure. We're also getting a red hood, a proper red hood figure. The only other red hood that came from a Mattel line was the Pillhead Grant Morrison version from like a subscription service from Mattel. So that was even really hard to get a hold of. So there have been a lot of customs of the Red Hood made that people were using the uh, DC Universe classic Mr. Terrific as a body buck and painting him to look like Red Hood. So that we're getting a proper Red Hood and we're getting another Tim Drake Robin figure makes me extremely, extremely excited uh, for those three things from San Diego Comic-Con. So that was all of the Tim Drake news from San Diego Comic-Con. Like I said, Titans has its whole thing wrapped around at the live action show. I think the costume looks great. I'm still excited for it. Language and violence and all that stuff, what you think about it, uh, I'm going to hold judgment till I watch it. Uh, The Aquaman trailer I thought looked really good. The Shazam trailer looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is a really good San Diego Comic-Con. There's a lot to take away from it. (sighs) So that is this part of the show. So this is where I'm going to leave you. There's going to be a plug here for somebody else's show. When we come back, it'll be something that I recorded last week for the previous episode that was too long. So that is where myself is going to take you for the rest of the episode. So we'll see you right after this break. Born and raised to make a kill. She was not given her own will. Her first hit left her feeling only disdain. She ran to Gotham's no man's land Learned from Barbara Gordon's hand The studs, the legacy of Cassandra Kane. Rising from the devastation of no man's land A new warrior joined the Bat family Daughter of David Kane and Lady Shiva Trained from birth to be the ultimate killer But choosing instead to save lives She's been Batgirl Black Bat and Orphan. She is Cassandra Kane. Join Mike Staley as he goes through every appearance of one of DC's most underrated characters in Silent Night, the Cassandra Kane podcast. On iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at silentnight.podomatic.com. Okay, thanks for staying with us for a little bit longer here as we get to the comments section of the show. And again, these are going to come from the radio drama and then the uh, question uh, that I had asked if anybody had any questions or comments while we were getting ready to record this episode. A few more came in after uh, Ryan and I had got off air and I started doing this. And again, yes, this is a re-record, but... Terrence and Ryan weren't on the original recording of this, and I kind of sped through the first one so I could just kind of get everything done and in so I could start putting the show together. And then I realized, nah, I think I need a little bit more time, and I happened to have a half a day off on a Tuesday, which I'm recording this, and I thought, you know what? I can give a little bit more time uh, to this section to uh, you know, just make it sound a little bit better, because when I played it back, I sped through it in about 20 minutes, and it sounded like I was rushing to just get it done so i could start the editing so uh here we go 
Uh, I may end up reading a couple of these over again, because at the time I'm recording this, I'm still working on the editing of it. So if there are a couple questions that repeat itself, well, hey, you get your name and your comment mentioned twice here, and maybe I'll have a new answer on it from a perspective of three days later. So the tweet that I had put out, I said I was... We were getting ready to record, and does anybody have any questions or comments? And I put some things out there. Um, you know, uh, what do people think of the interview or the books that we should cover? Or what is your favorite Robin costume and why? And the Robin costume got the uh, biggest re- response on Twitter, and I'm going to go through a couple of these. Uh, Justin Kowalski said, dang, I missed it. He got his... Uh, question in too late and I thought he was going to have a question to put into the show and I said still in the editing portion of the uh, section uh, I still have some stuff to record myself so you could still probably get a question or two in just saying and he never (laughs) has sent another question in so that's close as Justin would get to this one uh, Jay Oz had something here. It says, Tim's uh, original Robin costume, everything about the suit works. From the traditional red tunic to the chest logo to updated elements like the black boots and green leggings, arguably the greatest costume uh, update in all of comics. Plus, you know, Tim is the best. And like I said, when Ryan and I were doing the show together, I think depending on the day dictates which Robin costume I look. Uh, He put up here the Robin Zero issue with Tim holding the bow staff, and it's a real iconic shot in the uh, Robin run that's used a lot of different places. Most recently, Comixology had used it to promote their Robin uh, back issue sale, if you will. But uh, I think this is my... My gut reaction is to say uh, the classic Tim Drake Robin costume, but I still love that red and black costume a lot. But if if I had to choose, and it's so hard, it's like choosing your favorite child. I still think at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the classic traditional Robin costume, but I love a lot of these other Robin costumes. And one will come up here in a little bit, and I told him Circle Gets the Square. Um And again, I am so bad. I can never be a teacher. So if I butcher a lot of these names, please, please forgive me. I love reading everyone's comments. Uh, I want to say Mancy, M-A-N-C-E, Fine. Uh, Fine's a cool name. Uh, Texas Bacon is the Twitter handle. Um, Says uh, Dick's New 52 uh, Robin costume. Uh, The more armored version makes sense to me. Batman (laughs) endangering a kid makes a lot more sense when he's armored head to toe. Although the lack of a cow is the lack of a cowl has always bothered me. Uh, Next up to definitely Tim's all all red redesigned from the early 2000s again, the red and the black, then Tim's classic suit. So he's kind of in the uh, lines with me and thinking that I still like the red and black. See, I, I'm going to go back and forth. But a costume I absolutely love is the New 52 Dick Grayson costume. And I put a couple pictures up on the uh, of the Twitter feed. You can kind of look through it in various different places. Uh, Tony Daniels draws that costume very, very well. Um, in... In the modern times, yes. I think even in Rebirth, they kind of allude that the pixie boots and short shorts were worn by a Robin, uh, Dick Grayson, probably at some point. But I think just as time goes on, the full legging, you know, the green legs costume works really well. And for a while in the new 52, you know, when it was like, well, Tim was never a Robin. If you read Batman number one before the reprint came out, Tim Drake was listed as having been a Robin. But it appears in the new 52 that he wore the red and black costume first. That was his first Robin costume. And now it's been kind of retconned that he wore his rebirth costume 
first minus one R, so he was traditionally a Robin, and then added the second R when he became Red Robin. I know that hurts, but in in Rebirth, and they've kind of done it in Batman Forever, and they've done it in the animated series that they kind of sort of give Dick Tim's. 90s costume and they update it quite a bit some people don't like the red arrow pointing at his crotch i think that's probably the one part of the costume i would have cut off a little bit but you know dick's got in the new 52 and rebirth continuity now dick's got the yellow and black cape uh, tim has the yellow and black cape damien has the yellow and black cape jason is the only one to have a full yellow cape front and back um and dick's got these other little yellow uh pockets or capsules kind of going all the way around the suit and it looks like he almost has kind of like a a bandolier strap going underneath his armpits and over the shoulders i really really love that costume and you can really kind of see it in full motion if you play the arkham games there's a new 52 skin pack with the red and black nightwing costume the new 52 batman costume and dick's new 52 robin costume and that was as close as you could get to having the Tim Drake Robin look like Tim Drake until they released his uh, comic uh, accurate uh, skin pack. But that new 52 Robin costume is pretty high on my list. That's probably my top top three Robin costumes. If I had a list, it would be Tim's classic 90s costume just by here because it's the OG. Then the red and the black. Then the new 52 Dick Grayson uh, Robin costume. I think it's kind of cool to see all the Robins in a more, more fully suited costume rather than being in the pixie boots. Even though that's cool, maybe it was the training costume or something like that. Um, just because I can't read uh, Japanese or Chinese, this is a uh, G- uh, FJ uh, FJ uh, uh, DeSanto had said. Seriously though, Earth Two Robin. Uh, is the greatest costume. I love the Earth 2 Robin costume. And he's not referring to the uh, New 52 uh, female uh, Robin. He's referring to the Dick Grayson New 50, or New 52. Uh, the Dick Grayson or Earth 2 Robin costume. It's got the yellow leggings, green boots, then like the green underwear, then the long uh, uh, sleeved red top with the traditional Robin R. And then depending on who's drawing it, um, it looks like the yellow cape is uh, scalloped. Sometimes it's flush. Sometimes the domino mask almost looks like it's a full cowl, but it's missing the top half. Uh, so it, the mask always kind of changes a little bit depending on who's drawing it. Uh, but the picture he shows here is Joe uh, Joe Staten's uh, beautiful uh, art here. And he says he owns a, a Joe Staten uh, commission of the Earth 2 Robin. That's that's a fantastic costume as well. I've always liked the Earth 2 uh, Robin costume. Uh, Green Lantern HG says the future. Uh, this is uh, a question as I'm starting it right here. Um, I do remember reading this with Ryan. So again, uh, he had just said here, uh, the future seems uh, grim and a lot of DC uh, for a lot of DC characters, but I always hope they won't go down that road. That's the one thing that I feel like we've got into this killing spree with our heroes. Like writers can't figure out things to do. The only way to make stories sell and the only way to get readers is, Ooh, let's threaten to kill somebody. And I feel like they're always going after the Robins. And after the recording, I had talked about that they're in the Heroes Crisis story that it looks like two DC heroes could possibly die. Uh, three could be put on trial, a suspected 
uh, are, are framed or thinking that they are the ones that have done the killing of two other heroes and or villain, however that plays out, and that one of them is the murderer. And guess who's on the chopping block again? Uh, Red Robin, Tim Drake, but Nightwing is on there. Uh, Batman, uh, Superman, not Batman. Batman's not listed on the uh a picture, but Nightwing is there, and Lex Luthor, and Superman, and Deathstroke, and Harley Quinn. There's a bunch of people on there. Mister Terrific. So, looking at that, two heroes are going to die, or two heroes and a villain, or two villains. Then there's somebody like Damaged. I'm like, okay, you can safely kill Damaged. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be totally upset if Damaged is taken off. But I'm like, we've done all this killing and build up. For Red Robin, let's let's not do something like that again. I think Wally West is mentioned in this uh, uh, preview image, and I put it up on the Facebook page so you can go check that out there. And uh, JD says shorts was, was another or FJ rather uh, says shorts was one of his <laughs> replies to uh, Robin costume. Okay, so let's get into uh, some of the other questions coming in from the radio drama. So uh, one that had come through when we tried to record a couple weeks ago, and uh, there was, we just had uh, uh, my schedule just wasn't permitting it, even though uh, we were going to try and I had to back out at the last minute. Uh, Michael Fricker had asked, uh, how did you decide on casting all of the roles of the radio drama? Uh, that is a good question. That was something I was kind of wanting to bounce off Terrence and Ryan if they were here. Uh, but the long and the short of it is initially I was going to try and do this as a one-man show uh, like I did with the Batman and Robin in the case of a laughing sphinx. And once I started looking at the cast list for um, the, the cast of potential characters that were going to be there, that was going to be a lot of different voices It's one thing to kind of do, okay, I can do five or six voices and make them sound different enough. But when you start getting into full-blown conversations with yourself, trying to differentiate between two or three or four different voices and having my wife do all of the other female voices, I thought this is going to be a rather large undertaking and may start really sounding muddled together. It's like I might as well just read the comic and almost do it as if I was reading it as a bedtime story or, you know, or, you know, uh, evening reading with Rob, you know, or something crazy like that. So I started thinking, all right, I, I wonder if I could get other fellow podcasters to play parts of this radio drama and kind of see, see where that goes. So some of the voice cast was right, you know, right on the nose, like, Oh, who do I know? That's an Englishman. Oh, uh, Andrew Leyland, who does Hey Kids Comics and The Overlooked Dark Night with Michael Bailey and uh, Palace of Glittering Delights, you know, all these wonderful shows. Uh, hey Kids Comics, if I didn't mention that one, it's a great show. If you haven't listened to that one, go, go definitely check that show out. I thought, well, he's English. So I thought, well, there's two podcasters that I've always really wanted to work with. And uh, let me see if I can try and get those two. And I think I said this before in another episode and even the announcement video that I did that they were kind of like my bill of sale to other podcasters. If I can get these two podcasters that a lot of people kind of look up to and listen to, and they've got a long track record of doing shows that was going to be kind of my end to hopefully entice other people to come in. And that was, you know, Michael Bailey and Andrew Leyland. And, uh, 
Michael Bailey is a huge Superman fan and does, you know, a show called From Crisis to Crisis. It all comes back to Superman and, you know, uh, views from a long box that he is he is the Superman fan. If you're looking for a Superman podcast or uh, sometimes when things are written, you'll see, you know, comments by Michael Bailey. I thought, man, that would be really cool to get him involved. And he and Andrew both. So when they both said yes, and I, you know, for me having Michael do uh, Mr. Oz, a.k.a. Jor-El, to me that was on the nose. That was getting him to be part of it. Hey, it's a Superman character. You'd be the perfect voice for it. And I modulated his voice until, you know, he's, you know, fully formed as Jor-El or, or what have you. And then having Andrew be an Englishman and rather than somebody trying to sound like the English, you know, like you can just kind of talk like you or, you know, maybe amp it a little bit. And uh, he had a recording of him sounding like Michael Caine and then just doing it in his normal voice. So once I had those two playing uh, Oz and Alfred uh, respectively, I thought, okay, this, I think this can be a thing. So I was kind of going to other podcasters going, okay, who do I hear doing this voice? So I would kind of listen to a bunch of other shows or shows that I've already been listening to and listening to the timbre of their voice and go, okay, if I close my eyes, which one of these characters, or I would kind of listen to their shows and I would start flipping through the book of like, okay, who do I hear? Close my eyes. Who do I hear as Nightwing? And uh, my good friend, Andy D. Genova, Angie D. Genova, Andy D. Genova, wow, can't talk today, Rob, from Holy Badcast, uh, big Robin fan, big Tim Drake fan, big Dick Grayson fan, and just hearing his voice, just that fun, exuberant voice, I'm like, he sounds like Dick Grayson. And that was something Terrence said right away, like, oh, you ought to get Andy as Dick Grayson. So I had sent him you know, a message saying, hey, I've got these two guys that are interested in doing the show. And Andy was like, yeah, sure, that was great. So I kind of did that with most of the principal cast. Uh, there was a time where I thought I wasn't going to play a part at all, maybe some minor little part, and I'll find a Tim Drake. But as I was starting to go through the story, I was thinking this is going to be a lot of work for one person to do since it is more than 50% a lot of Tim Drake dialogue. Not only that, playing a very young Tim Drake, meeting Dick Grayson, playing current Tim Drake, and pay, playing uh, evil Batman Tim Drake and having a Batman voice. I thought, you know, yes, I'm a big Tim Drake fan, and yes, this is my podcast, so I'll do it. But it was more out of, you know, I was sending you know, acting cues to everybody. Okay, I hear your character saying this. I hear your character saying that. There's a lot of dialogue and a lot of emotion going back and forth between the two Tim Drakes talking back and forth. And I thought, I can really control the way the two Drakes are interacting with one another is if I play both parts. And then, you know, technically the third part with being the young Tim Drake in there. So that's kind of why I chose to do Tim Drake. And I thought, you know, I, I know I could get the voice for Tim that I hear in my head. And uh, aside from Matthew Mercer, who voiced him in the Arkham games, and then voice actors that have done him in some of the animated uh, movies and the animated series, you know, I couldn't get any of those people. So I thought, okay, I think I could find the voice for Tim Drake and myself. So that's kind of how I wound up doing that, it was just because I think out of necessity that. If it's going to fall short, I'd rather it fall short on my part rather than somebody going, this is a lot of work. And it was a lot of dialogue between the 
technically the three different Tim Drakes that had to be performed. But things like uh, having Dustin at the Batman universe be one of the uh, narrators. You know, he's the flagship of the Batman universe. And I thought, okay, who better to narrate this story than the person that's running the Batman universe.net. And I really wanted to have all the guys from Batman on film be a part of it. And we were getting close to having all the cast, you know, rounded out. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to have Bill Jet Ramey do the voice of the second narrator, which was still technically Dustin. But I looked at it like that's, a Batman universe of the future. Cause that's where the Tim Drake Batman is operating. So that's why I made the choice of like, that was a good way to get bill in there. And it's a different voice narrating it of a different time and a possible different future. So that was kind of my rationale for having uh, two different narrators uh, narrating the piece. And I had Dustin read the whole entire thing in case bill wasn't able to. And uh, it, as it turned out, he was, and uh he said he was really nervous about doing it. And after listening to it, uh, not that Dustin did anything wrong at all. Dustin read his parts very, very well, but so did Bill. I thought, wow, I could have had both of them just read this. So, uh, Bill, I'm talking to you. If I ever do another one of these, you might be a narrator because uh, he he did a really good job. And then it just came down to, uh, like I said, just listening to other podcasters and people going, oh, I'd really want to work with this person. Shag, I thought it would be really cool, and he's always referring to himself as the irredeemable Shag. So I thought, well, hmm, who's irredeemable in this? Brother I, and then having, and then having Matt Ritchie from Let's Go Comic Show, which is going to go into Batman here in just a second. All of these different shows, Batgirl to Oracle, with Stella doing Stephanie, who just did a really good job, and I felt like she broke my heart hearing her cry for Tim, and uh, she just. Uh, with the few lines that she had into it, she really, she really brought something out of the Stephanie Brown character that I could have only possibly dreamed of. And when I started hearing everybody's parts, I was just so blown away by how everybody sounded. I'm getting myself on tangents here, but talking about Batman on film, uh, have, having Rick Shu do the voice of Clayface, which. I'll have to play some of the audio samples of what he sounds like before I modulated. He went completely off the rails in some parts. And I told him, like, I am totally going to mess with your voice and really sound like it's moving. Uh, there are three different vocal uh, parts that I made from his main part that he sent me. His normal voice, which I think I I flattened it just a little bit so it would kind of sound a little stiff and sterile but it's the main constant part of the voice and then i pitched his voice down like two octaves so it gave that real grumbly gravitas part of the voice and then i pitched it up about an octave i believe i think is what i did so there's three different vocal ranges and then i put like a flanger in there very so slightly so that way the vocal pattern was constantly moving to give the impression that he you know, while he can shape shift and change that I would think that his voice box and his inner organs, if there are any in Clayface, would be constantly moving just as much as the clay on the outside. You would have to think, I probably overly thought way too much in this, but I thought that's what his voice would be doing too. So I'll have to try and slip in uh, one of the yells. It's 
it's almost funny to just hear it by itself. So I'm going to do that. Here is one of the uh, yells from Clayface. I'll play you the Clayface yell that you heard in the radio drama without all the other um, parts of the drama, just that the Clayface voice by himself. And then the same thing done by Rick without any modulation. And I think he only has six lines in the whole thing but he sent me a good 10 minutes worth of different variations, which was so cool to choose from. But some of them are so funny because some of them were just like yells and screams and hitting sounds for just some of the background battle noises that I would want to do. And it's, it's something funny. So here, check this out. She just calls it the team. She just calls it the team. So I that's cool. I, I'm I'm glad Rick went to that length because uh, you wouldn't have known that uh, otherwise. But uh, he went above and beyond. He said he had got home from a a party or a gathering that uh, he was at. He and his wife had drove separately, so he kind of beat her home. And in ten minutes, he got all this stuff out. So he said he could do all this before he had you know a bunch of ears you know listening to him. So it was just really cool. And the last thing. Um, was for Justin doing Batman. That was going to be the hardest thing I was going to have to cast because it's always one of those things of like, what's Batman going to sound like? If it's in any movie or it's in a video game or if it's in a cartoon series, some of it, I mean, this is Detective Comics and it's Batman's book, even though it's a big Tim Drake story, having the voice of Batman. I must have listened to so many different uh, Batman podcast of who is somebody that I thought could could convincingly convincingly play Batman, and you would believe it from the second that person opened their mouth till the final second when they're talking, where you would walk away from the radio drama and go, "That was Batman," and I had no idea where I was going to go to try and find Batman. And it was at Christmas time as I was starting to put this ID together and I didn't start asking people until about January, although I asked Justin first, um, technically uh, because of their Christmas episode where they reviewed Batman Returns. And I had started sending emails out to Michael and Andrew about the possibility of doing the podcast, but technically Justin is the first person that replied and like a lot of podcasters will do that, you know, if they're talking about Batman or the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises or Batman Begins or it, any Batman movie, you start quoting the movie or you, you start doing the Christian Bale voice or, you know, whatever that is. So in the Batman Returns podcast that he and Matt Ritchie were doing for Let's Go Comic Show, plug, 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 great show. Go check them out. Let's Go Comic Show. Um, <laughs> they... uh they started quoting the movie just as us guys will do listening to uh, a podcast or a podcast rather listening to uh, and watching a movie that he was kind of sort of doing a Batman voice, but it was kind of more just them having a good time. But there were a handful of times in there that you could tell that, oh, he really liked this line delivery from Michael Keaton and he would do it in a very serious Batman voice where I was like, holy crap. I think he could pull off Batman and he's got a little higher normal register to his voice and a, a higher timbre, but he has this, you know, gravels, the wrong word. He's got this 
gruffness underneath the voice, this raspiness, I guess is the better word. And every once in a while, you'll hear him drop to a low register, even just when he's talking, if he's saying something a little serious, and you can you can pick out that Batman voice. And he did it, like I said, a half a dozen times in this podcast. So I quickly quickly texted him, told him the idea, and after a couple you know laughing spouts that he had, he quickly realized I was serious, and I was like, "Dude, go back and listen to your own show." And he'd kind of listen to some stuff, and we kind of emailed back and forth and texted back and forth of like, "Who do we hear?" Like what Batman, if we had to pick a Batman voice, who, who is his Batman? And I'm like, it sounds like it's a mix just in his own voice. If I had to close my eyes and go, I hear Kevin Conroy, I hear Michael Keaton, and I hear a little bit of Ben Affleck kind of mixed in there. We were even toying with the idea of modulating his voice to make him sound like Batman. And I even thought about, well, maybe the Tim Drake Batman will modulate his voice because we are a little farther in the future. I think Tim... If the rebirth version of Batman didn't have a voice modulator, you would think the future Batman, whoever that would be, and it happens to be Tim, he would probably modulate his voice. He would take hiding his identity one step farther than Bruce did. But uh, we decided not to go that route for for either of us. But uh, Dustin, uh, but uh, Justin now is the Batman voice and people say that they hear, you know, Kevin Conroy when they're reading the comics or they hear Christian Bale or whoever, because I spent so many hours and I think I have a piece of paper here somewhere. I couldn't, I can't quite find, but I think one of the last tally markers that I had put down of hours spent, I was close to 200 hours on the podcast. I think my last markings I had on the paper were like 195, 196, something like that. I can't quite remember which it is, but that's a lot of time. And there were a lot of times that Justin was uh, somebody else who sent multiple takes. If it was like, Tim, Tim, Tim. I bet he had 15 different versions of the way he would say Tim if he was calling out to somebody. And I think every one of his lines, he probably had at least four or five different versions of the way those lines could be said. So I was listening to a lot of Justin for quite a while uh, in that. So that's the long answer of how I uh, came to uh, cast Uh, the radio drama, a lot of it was just based on someone's voice, or in some cases it was on the nose of, okay, well, you run a Batgirl podcast site, Batgirl Oracle podcast site. Stephanie Brown was a Batgirl, so let's have Stella do it. Also, it keeps it in the family of the the TBU or Batman on film. So it kind of covered everything, and then I reached out when I had stuff like the computer drones or different voices of like hi i forgot i need to cast these couple people uh crossover university podcast uh graciously lent their voices to the project so it was a lot of fun and some of my close friends are on the podcast Stu murray 47 automatica olivia mullins uh had done batwoman so it, it was a lot of fun and then also having justin's son play damien uh was really cool because then father and son could kind of do stuff together so it, it was a blast doing that so now that I've talked long enough, and this is probably just a podcast on its own, 38 minutes of how I cast the radio drama, uh, let's get into some of your questions and comments on the uh, radio drama. And uh, there weren't as many as I kind of thought, but it got a lot of likes and a lot of retweets. So I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. And uh, that's the biggest thing, whether people commented in, in into it or not, uh, the fact that 
the retweets and comments just kept growing and growing as this thing was going on, just had me smiling. Because I was thinking, oh, we're probably going to get a bunch of comments. And there weren't as many as I had hoped for. But seeing in some cases that there was 28 likes and 15 retweets and shares, that had me smiling and grinning ear to ear. So I I couldn't have been uh, happier for this. So as I'm trying to frantically scroll through, so uh, May 2nd was when the podcast first went out. And uh, we had uh, 29 uh, likes and 17 retweets. We had five questions come in on episode 71. And I'll read those too. A lot of these are, are really pretty short. Uh, Zaki Hassan said, this is great, excellent. Rad Adventures, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, who, who were actually the first of vocal parts that I got back. And they were the doctor and Commissioner Montoy, which I really liked. And uh, Ruth also played a nurse uh, as well in that. Uh, said, uh, I've been too busy with work, but I hope to listen soon. And I heard from them later on. They liked it. This is a name I constantly butcher, but I really appreciate uh, you uh, liking the show. Is uh, Christatos, and I'm probably saying that wrong. It says, great episode. Enjoyed listening to the radio drama. Great job on the editing. Looking forward to the next episode. Professor Frenzy from uh, Bat Books for Beginners, a good friend, a TBU member, says, awesome, downloading now, can't wait to hear it. So I was kind of expecting the first few uh, likes and uh, messages that we got that weren't going to have a whole lot to say because it was episode one, or people were at work when they saw it, so they weren't getting a chance to listen to it till later. Uh, Like I said, we had uh, uh, 29 likes on the episode, and I'm going to read through these really quick. Uh, Rad Adventures, Dustin Fritchell. Aaron Martinez, Wessel Skull, Andy from All Star Comics, uh, Graphic Novelism, Coffee and Comics, Crisettos, Long's Box Crusades, Zaki Hassan, Conan, Chris, Rafael Antonio, Duran Murphy, The Batman Universe, Jeff Hunter, Drew, Andy DiGenova, Holy Batcast, Trashy497, Crossover University Podcast, Jamie Drooley, Justin Kowalski, Jim from uh, Canada Daredevil, Paul Robles, and uh, that was it on that one. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, the retweets on this one f- were for uh, Rad Adventures, Aaron Martinez, Graphic Novelism, Coffee and Comics, Christatos, I'm going to get that name right one of these days, Long Box Crusades, Jeff Hunter, Andy DiGenova, Holy Batcast, Trashy497, Rick Shu, Jamie Drooley, Batman Podcast Network, Isaiah Stevens, Nightwing 356, Professor Frenzy, The Batman Universe. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for episode 71. Now, scrolling through the Twitter feed to May 9th for the release of episode 72, chapter 2 of the radio drama. Uh, We have five comments on this one. Uh, Professor Frenzy says, great stuff. Everyone involved should be proud of this work. And uh, I am very proud of everyone that participated in this. And we had an exchange back and forth. He said, awesome, can't wait, because I had said there's going to be something special in the next episode, which would be episode 73. Uh, Bentley Ellenberg says, first episode was great. Stephen J. Ray said, if you ever need an Alfred, in the immortal words of Professor Elemental, I'm British, just saying. So he said he can do a whole plethora of English uh, people uh, to be able to uh, (laughs) uh, fill out the uh, Alfred part, if need be, if I ever do another one. And to me, that was the funniest thing, that as the radio drama was done and in the can, I was still getting messages from people. Hey, do you need any help doing this? Hey, do you need any help doing that? So that was cool. But even as things were coming or were being released, I was still getting messages coming back 
saying that, hey, we would like to help, or if you do another one. So I think another one is going to happen at some point. I've just got to figure out what that other one is. Or maybe I'll write one. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so uh, Kenneth OneShot says that uh, he had just uh, basically was uh, saying that he – would like to do a cross promotion with our show and his show. He does a YouTube show of, uh, he's basically doing what we're doing. He does a dramatic reading, uh, by himself, voice acting of doing, uh, comics as they kind of come out. So he's got a really cool show there. Kenneth one shot. So we have 28 likes for this episode. Monster kid radio, rat adventures, long box crusades, Hicks from reading underscore Hicks, Chris at uh, bat books, uh, Bat Books for Beginners, Jared Aldrich, the yard sale artist. I love that. I love that handle. Uh, Tim Price, Terrence O'Neill, Drew, uh, Liquid Bane, uh, Twitter, uh, The Grumpler, cool name, CJ Higgins, Holy Batcast, Stella the Shipper, that's Stella from Batgirl to Oracle, a.k.a. Stephanie Brown, uh, Justin Kowalski, Batman, Bill Jet Ramey, this was his episode uh, doing the narrator, uh, Paul Miller, Dustin Fritchell, Lobo Black Wolf, Jeff Hunter, Matthew J. Evans. I love that movie. That's a really cool podcast. Go check that out. I love that movie. Uh, Kenneth OneShot, Nightwing 356, Isaiah Stevens, Stephen J. Ray. And that was the likes on that episode and the retweets from uh, 72 Our Rad Adventures, Coffee and Comics, CJ Higgins, Holy Batcast, Stella the Shipper, Paul Miller, Rick Shue, Dustin Fritchell, Lobo Black Wolf, Jeff Hunter, Kenneth OneShot, Nightwing 356, Crossover Podcast, Duran Murphy, the Batman Podcast Network, and Professor Frenzy. I love, love this. Thanks you, thank you guys very much. And if we scroll up a little bit more on Twitter, we can see a week later, May 16th, the release of Episode 3. And probably my favorite episode and my favorite chapter of the story is bringing the whole Bat family together and the Knights and kind of having... Uh, are the first big uh, knockdown uh, drag out part of uh, the podcast. Uh, there were no comments on this one, surprisingly. I think just uh, people were just waiting for uh, the next episode, but we have 13 likes in this uh, from Dern Murphy, uh, Rad Adventures, Isaiah Stevens, Chris, Dusta Fritchell, Stell the Shipper, the Batman Universe, Holy Batcast, Crossover University Podcast, Chris Atos. See, I'm going to butcher it every time. Uh, Justin Kowalski, Green Lantern HQ, Coffee and Comics, and then eight retweets from Stella the Shipper, Holy Batcast, Crossover University Podcast, Green Lantern HG, Coffee and Comics, Rick Shue, Ryan Haas, Batman Podcast Network. And then finally, a week later, episode four, which I had quite a few uh, tweets in that time getting ready for it, on May 23rd, the final installment of the radio drama, and we had four comments on this episode, uh, the Robin's Nest, a very cool Twitter feed, uh, says, I've been looking forward to this so I can binge listen to the whole thing. And I said, I hope you enjoy it. Coffee and Comics said uh, basically the same thing. Have been waiting for the whole thing before I listen. Now that it's out, I plan to do a dive in. And again, told them, hope they like it. Uh, Green Lantern HG uh, had a, uh, a meme of one of the minions going, yes, yes. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then the likes and retweets from this, the, we had 23 likes from Bentley Ellenberg, uh, Matthew J. Evans, uh, Baramos, uh, Jessica Nilo Alvarez, who voiced very little of uh, the orphan Cassandra Kane. Uh, she did an excellent job, and there was no 
cover section or credit section for her. She was just in the process of taking some of her final exams while being in college. And uh, she just didn't have the time to record. Uh, I think she only has like four lines for uh, Cassandra. And as I started having the idea of, oh, let's have a credit section so everybody can plug what they do, uh, she didn't get a chance to record her thing. And I meant to do one myself for her that she is a contributing writer to the BatmanUniverse.net. So you can see a lot of her writings for articles and different things over on the uh, TBU website. So go check that out for her. Uh, Chris from Bat Books and Beginners, Duran Murphy, Dustin Fritchell, Holy Batcast, Steven Sellers, My Hero Cosplay, The Batman Podcast Network, Justin Kowalski, The Batman Universe, Jim at, at Can- Canada Daredevil, can't talk today, Crossover University Podcast, Green Lantern HG, Jeff Hunter, Robert Lewis, Lisa Ann, Andy from All Star Comics, Coffee and Comics, and Professor Frenzy, Peter M. Vieira, who has been starting to become a really good friend uh, through uh, podcasting. And then the retweets are the irredeemable shag, Brother I himself, uh, Baramos, Duran Murphy, Dustin Fritchell, Holy Batcast, Batman Podcast Network, Ryan Haas. Crossover University Podcast, Green Lantern HG, Jeff Hunter, Robert Lewis, Coffee and Comics, Rick Shue, Professor Frenzy, Professor Frenzy, boy, I'm probably butchering all his names so bad, and Peter M. Vera. So that was the end of the comment section and retweets and shares. That's something I want to do on the podcast going forward is retweet and share. Uh, you guys are taking your time to like and retweet uh, everything. And it also means a lot that people are taking their time to listen to the show. I I love that immensely that there's this building community and knowing that we're the only Robin podcast out there right now uh, is, is kind of a cool thing. I think the more things like the radio drama or the interviews that we've done with James Tynan um, has been pretty cool. Um, and there was a lot of response for the James Tynan interview as well. And I think I just closed that. I'm trying to find that really quick while I'm talking here. Um, <laughs> I think we got it here. Uh, we had uh, 26 likes from uh, that episode. I'm trying to pull that up here. So Ian Miller says, uh, awesome interview, really delving into the depths of the characterization story and symbol. Thank you, Rob, Terrence, James, and Peter. And Peter Vieira was on the show with us. Like I said, we had 26 likes on that episode. Brendan, there we go. Try that again. Don't touch my drum set, Brendan. Brendan, Tim Drake, <laughs> Being Andy, uh, BGSU conference, which is pretty cool. I might be speaking at Bowling Green State University on their Batman pop pop culture uh, show that they're going to have next year. So I've got to get my uh, submission in for that. So more on that later. Uh, Terrence O'Neill, Tris. Christian Sabri, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names. And Terrence and Ryan are going, ha, 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 you're having to read these names, Rob. I'm so sorry. Uh, Holy Batcast, Dustin Fritchell, Justin Kowalski, Jordan from Small Bill, Cat Shipper, that's uh, Batfans, Terrence and I's old stopping grounds. Uh, King Thrillmonger, I love that. Uh, the Batman Universe, Kristen Clark, Long Nagoyan, if I'm saying that right. Uh, Darius S., Professor Frenzy, Renzo Warren, Robin's Nest, Bold and Brash, Green Lantern HG, Andy DeGenova, Producer Travis, which he has become uh, somebody that we've been corresponding back and forth, forth with. That's pretty cool. Longbox Crusades and Peter M. Vriera, he was on the show as well. We had 11 retweets on the uh, James Tynan uh, interview from uh, Adam Stembanti. 
Stembato, again, uh, good thing I'm not a teacher. I'm butchering names horribly. But I love seeing everybody uh, uh, write and uh, uh, retweet in. Uh, BGSU, Batman Conference, uh, Justin Kowalski, Long Nguyen, Nguyen I, I want to say that that way. It's probably wrong. Professor Frenzy, uh, B underscore DSR. There's a lot of uh, Japanese characters there, so it's the only English I can pick out. Uh, James Tiny in the fourth uh, retweeted this, so thank you, sir. Green Lantern HG, Longbox, Crusades, Jeff Hunter, the Batman Podcast Network. So that is all the likes and retweets. And again, I want to do that, and I will gladly butcher names all day long if you guys keep uh, liking and retweeting. And also, speaking of liking and retweeting, if you haven't done it yet, uh, take five seconds out of your day and head over to iTunes and give us a five-star like and a comment, um, or two, three, or one, just be kind. I don't care. I'll read them good or bad, but it helps uh, spread the word of the show to let people know that there is only one Robin podcast out there. I know because I keep looking all the time. I can't believe there are any other Robin podcasts. Well, technically there's a second one, Batman and Robin eternal podcast. Go check us out (laughs) over on iTunes, but write a little review and we'll read them on the show. And we've got two new ones here. It says, That Old Comic Smell is the title of this one. Came on June 14th, 2018. Great show with knowledgeable hosts and unique take on the world of Batman, namely Robin. I look forward to each new episode. Thank you very much. And it says, The Drake is good from J. Oz. And this was 15 hours ago. This was not here when uh, Ryan and I recorded our show. So thank you, uh, Mr. Yaws. says, Tim, is Inarguably the best Robin. The ELTD is a great testament to that. The relaxed conversations are enjoyable to listen to, and diving into back issues is a nice trip down memory lane. That's to say nothing of the recent radio drama series, which is a masterwork of acting, editing from front to back. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) That's very kind. And I love this last comment, which is why I'm laughing. Needs more third bass songs, though. I know, right? Maybe that should be the new opening of the show is a third bass song. So thank you, Mr. Yaws, for that uh, wonderful review. I am very winded. I thought this is going to be just short. It's a nice little comment section. And that is 46 minutes of me talking about you guys because you guys took the time to write into the show and that means the world uh to terrence ryan and myself the people are out there liking the show even hearing me butcher a lot of names and that's no disrespect that means everything to me that there are people taking time to write and retweet and have conversations with us But wait, there's more (laughs) as I am uh, editing uh, this episode to get it out to you guys for Wednesday. uh, It is currently uh, 7.55 p.m. on Monday uh, after working, and I'm kind of going through the email really quick, and I'm glad I did. Uh, We got another email that came through, and this one made me really smile. So I'm glad I, I checked the email one more time. Uh, this email, first time uh, writer into the show, Alice Gramholm, if I'm saying that your last name right, if I'm not, please, I apologize. Uh, this is such a sweet email. It says, hi, let me just say, love the show. I've been listening to it for a couple months now alongside Holy Batcast, and I have enjoyed every second. I even caught up to it in the end. Thanks to me having a boring gardening work for the summer and just being socially awkward. And I think all of us podcasters and uh, comic book fans can uh, relate to kind of the social awkward of like, hey, I like this stuff, but 
some people don't and they don't understand why we like it. So uh, there's nothing wrong with being socially awkward. Uh, you have a family here. But uh, I have a letter goes on to say, Tim Drake may not be my absolute favorite Robin. That's Damien. Well, I don't know. The email's off to a bad start. Okay, just kidding. I've said uh, before on the show that uh, Damien has really grown on me on the, on the last probably five to ten years now. Uh, I think really with the new 52 uh Tomasi and Gleason run on Batman and Robin. They really swung the pendulum over to me liking uh, the Damian Robin character. Uh, but the Robin series was the first complete comic book series I read. So he is. So he has a real special place in my heart. I may not have been reading comics actively before 2018. I'm 24, so I'm kind of a late bloomer. It doesn't really matter like when you're coming into comics. Like some people kind of find comics coming in and out of their lives in different times, or maybe they're watching a TV show or a movie and they start getting that hint of like, hey, maybe I kind of want reading comics. So it doesn't matter when you come to the show. It's just cool that you have come to the show and the show, I'm meaning comic books and the show as well. But anyway, uh, the letter goes on. I've always liked DC comics and the movies ever since I found Superman, found a Superman comic book at my grandma's when I was about five. This podcast has been great for one like me who really wants to learn more about everything Tim Drake and Robin as a whole. I'm also a cosplayer of eight years and I'm always looking for new projects. I find all the Robin outfits appealing and I plan to make as many as I'm able to. That is awesome. I would love to see pictures, Alice. Lastly, the radio drama you did of A Lonely Place of Living was perfect. You did an amazing job with all the voices and putting it all together, especially Damien's voice actor deserves extra praise. Asher Kowalski, uh, that is the son of Justin Kowalski, who uh, voiced Batman. Uh, Asher voiced a Damien and did such an amazing job. I actually wrote a couple extra lines of dialogue for him to say. He was so darn cute in the role, and I, I sent that message also over to Justin so he could read it to his son. And, and he said his son was great ear to ear so he really appreciated that and this letter comes from alice like i said from finland so that is pretty cool that the podcast has made it across the ocean i'm sure there's other listeners but that's always really cool uh, to hear that this just isn't a thing of a little podcast that i'm doing in ohio and terrence and you know ryan are in south carolina and it's like oh it's this little you know podcast that we're doing here that it's finding footholds in other countries and that that is really really cool so thanks for uh the letter alice and i'm definitely putting this into the show that you're currently hearing right now uh that means a lot that uh you sent the letter to the show and uh justin and asher appreciated the uh, uh email as well okay now back to what i was doing just a few seconds ago so this is where we're going to end this show i thought this was going to be a nice uh quick little show and uh Boy, was I wrong. Uh, but you can find Terrence Ryan and myself on Twitter. You can find Ryan at SMB underscore Ryan. You can also find his Azrael podcast on Twitter at Azrael podcast. His podcast isn't out yet. He is still doing some editing. <coughs> Denny O'Neill interview. <coughs> Where is that? <coughs> it's almost a year old. Okay. I got to pick on him. He's not here right now. You can find Terrence at O'Neill Ties. You can find me, of course, at Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. Of course, you can find me, Rob, at DrummerRob10. And you can find Terrence and I's sister show, which we keep talking about. And people are like, hey, where's the sister show? It's now officially out on iTunes. I don't know how far reaching it is. We are on Podbean. So if you have a Podbean subscription or you listen to other shows on Podbean, you can find us there. We are on Twitter at funny. Trying to find a name for Batman and Robin Eternal podcast was really kind of crazy. But it's on Twitter. It reads like band, B-A-N-D-R, 
Eternal Pod. So that's B A N D R E T E R N A L. Hope I spelled that right. Pod. Batman and Robin Eternal Pod. Band R Eternal Pod. There you go. So that's on Twitter. Boy, really hard to come up with that. So check us out there. Uh, that show is about a once a month show just due to uh, the host, the way that show is hosted. I wouldn't mind trying to get that show over on the BatmanUniverse.net. I think we'd be a little bit more freer, even though we would still like to do 12 months. We wouldn't have to worry about uh, taking up bandwidth and things like that um, as as easily as we do. But it's it's kind of a nice, fun little show where things that don't fit into this podcast, we can talk more about a broader spectrum of Batman and Robin. So that is where we're going to end this show. Thanks for... Uh, letting us take a little bit of a summer break. Thanks for letting us come back into your homes uh, this latter part of the summer. And like you heard, we're going to go right back into the comics with Detective Comics and Robin crossover. I believe the final King Snake story, there might be one other appearance, but as I was looking last night, I think this might be his last, other than a mention somewhere uh, dealing with Bane. So on the behalf of Ryan, our good friend Terrence, who wasn't here on this show, and myself, Rob, you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net. And more importantly, you've been listening to the only Robin show on the internet, as far as I know of. Robin, everyone loves a Drake. We'll see you guys in a few weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at thebatmanuniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.